Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Richie, and before we start this episode of the show, we of course want to tell you about DraftKings. Use that promo code THPN when you sign up. Get ahead of the game here in Arizona because sports betting is coming September the 9th to here to the state of Arizona. And that means the DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to Arizona too. And everyone's favorite time of year is right around the corner, college football season. So DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the action. $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. And you got to take advantage of this offer right now. DraftKings, again, new players, $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game. And all you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a dollar bet on any college football game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything, get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. Um, I was having some microphone issues the first time we tried to shoot this, and Richie had to go through that ad read twice, and it's such a mouthful that part of me wanted to fake mic issues once again just to listen to him try and say it a third time like a tongue twister. Um, He's an absolute champ, has been working all day, and then this is what I do to him. But, um, you know, I've been talking about him. Might as well introduce him so he can... Uh, defend himself at this point. Richie Suave Flores, how you doing? Hello, Corey. I think I did a terrific job with that read, doing it one, not once but twice. I feel like it's mon- muscle memory, talking about the promo code THPN. When you sign up, I'm excited because now we're less than a month away from actually being able to use the DraftKings Sportsbook here in Arizona. And even ahead of that, Daily Fantasy Sports is going to start on August 28th. So we're less than two weeks away from being able to take full advantage of that. So uh, it's uh, I'm in a, I'm in a good mood. 
Yeah, you are our resident sports better here mm-hmm. on the show. So it's nice to, like, I try and get my hype from you. Because I am a horrible gambler, guys. I hate losing money more than anything in the world. Um, not really. Like, there's plenty of things I hate more. But I really do hate losing money. And I just, I don't find the enjoyment in possibly losing my money. I'd rather get something out of it. There's people who love the hype. I just, I can't, I can't get behind it. Richie, on the other hand, does a a great job with it. And um, he actually is the person, because of the fact that he can enjoy all of it, that I actually hang out with when I go to casinos, because I really just don't enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why I don't go very often. Um, I it's nice to do every once in a while. Like I'm going to Vegas here coming up in a couple weeks. Like we talked about in the last episode. And so that's like the one and only time I'll usually go to casinos. If you know, we maybe have done it like once a year with our friend group too. And like, I like to dabble, you know, like 20 bucks last you a little bit. Maybe you'll make some money. Maybe you won't, but Hey, it kills an hour or two. Right. And, uh, and same thing with like sports betting too. Like I dabble, I don't do a lot of it. You know, I'll put my hundred bucks in, see how long it lasts me. I'll win some, I'll lose more often than not. But like, hey, it, if you're betting $5 or even just a dollar on a little parlay, right, on whatever games you're thinking about, it keeps you interested in those games that you normally wouldn't be interested in. Like, for example, if you're betting college football, like we just talked about there at the top of the read there, like you're not going to watch an ACC football game or a, a big 12 football game normally. But if you're, if you have a couple of bucks on it in a parlay or, or just a, or a little bet trying to win some money, like it keeps you interested. And that's why I do it. That's why I like doing it is because it normally in, in instances where I wouldn't normally watch or I wouldn't normally care. It keeps me interested in the outcomes, outcomes of games. And I'm excited for football season. Cause that's, that's like, that's why I, lo- I, I enjoy betting on football games, so I'm excited to to get that underway here legally for the first time in the state of Arizona. So, hey, if you want a teacher, Corey, I'm your man. I can teach you the ways of the sports betting. However, you probably shouldn't follow my advice because I'm terrible for the most part, but I can at least tell you what I'm like, how to go about doing it, and what everything means, all the lingo. Are you trying to Emperor Palpatine me? <laughs> yes. Are you come trying to, to get me to come side. over to the dark side? Feel the come, power of the dark side? Come to the dark side. Don't know how I feel about this. Do I get to be Darth Vader in it? Yeah, you can be my apprentice. Sure. If I get to be Darth Vader, then then maybe I I will consider this. But I feel like we owe our listeners a little bit of Coyote's conversation here. And just a couple of quick hits on some things. Um, beginning with the signing of the, I believe this is the first signee of the 2021 draft class for the Coyotes because they signed 21-year-old 20 year, Giannis Moser to a three-year entry-level contract. And so I have a feeling that he is likely to come over and play in the AHL this year is my guess. 
Because from what I read, when he got drafted, like he's pretty well along his development path. He's an older player at 21 years old playing in the Swiss League, right? And so I feel like a year or two in the AHL, getting used to the North American game, and he'll be at the NHL level as a nice, you know, kind of bottom pairing, middle pairing defenseman. So that's their first signing of the 2021 draft class. And again, I from what I read, seems like a, a nice little player that the Coyotes have on, on tap there. Yeah, and it's it's funny. I'm glad that you brought up the fact that he's 21 and the fact that this is a very weird uh, draft class and the fact that, you know, there was a lot of weird things, I guess you could say, that happened and didn't happen because of COVID. So you have players that are being drafted um, at a much older age than you would traditionally see them being drafted at because of the fact that uh, – Things kind of got a little wonky last year. Um, and so there for those that did at least, you know, that were able to get some development in there, that was a little extra oomph that they got before they were drafted. Um, and then, you know, there's obviously those that uh, lost out because of the fact that their league wasn't playing or whatever. Um, but I think this is a... Uh, just one of the many steps we're going to be talking about uh, a little bit later about what, what grade was given to the coyotes. Um, We'll explain that later, but basically I think this is one of the many great steps that the coyotes is going to build up this team from a really uh, ground base up because like we've said before, it's going to take a couple of years for this team to be good. And so by that time you will start to see players like Moser being able to play on this team and being able to be NHL ready by that time. Here's what elite prospects has to say about JJ Moser. They say he is an all around D man with great skating skills, who is brilliant defensively. He can also play on the power play thanks to his good hockey sense. So that's a pretty nice little scouting report for a player who was picked in the second round at 60th overall. And, you know, I have to imagine that the only reason he really slipped is because of his older age. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to say because, like I said, there are more people that are in that age range in this draft than you would normally see. But um, I, I could definitely see that. I don't, I didn't, I at least don't know of anything that was, you know, a little bit of a red flag. Sometimes um, teams will know certain little red flags about players as in, you know, they, uh, an injury or decision-making issues, stuff like that. I don't, um, I haven't read at least about anything that was a red flag about him. So the only other thing that you can um, assume is, is probably his age, um, but even that I don't think w- was too crazy of a thing just because of the fact that there were a lot older players. Right. Okay. So an- another little bit of news here. We know now that Andre Torini's coaching staff is going to be pretty much intact from what Rick Tockett had. And we know that a couple of their coaches – um, I would have a, at least a year or two left on their original contracts that they signed. And so um, 
there's going to be uh, a couple of guys coming back on the coaching staff this this upcoming season. Uh, Phil Housley is coming back for sure. Um, and so I'm not shocked by this at all that he's kind of keeping things intact for now because I think we know that the Coyotes and their financial situation, they don't really want to pay out contracts for coaches who aren't coaching anymore on top of paying for um, coaches who are coaching on the roster. So it's one of those things that I think they're going to kind of keep some of these guys around for the rest of their, you know, while their contract is, is still around. And so Phil Housley and Corey Stillman are the two coaches that are going to stick around. And he's also, Torini's also going to bring in one of his associate coaches from his time in the queue and in the OHL too, Mario Dumel. Um, and uh, they've been together in the queue. They've been together with the Avalanche and they've been together with the 67. So it's a good mix for um, Andre Torini here. And, and we'll see if Phil Housley and Corey Stillman stick around through the uh, past their contracts here. And I think that's the biggest, to, to be honest, like, that seemingly is like the biggest reason that they're going to stick around is, is that they're still under contract, to be honest. Well, and it's nice to have some consistency of some kind. Um, I mean, obviously, we've heard all of these rumors going around about um, a possible trade for Christian Dvorak. So you, on a player level, you have so many big players uh, turnover wise, you know, um, there's trying to get rid of uh, Phil Kessel and all of this too. So you're really cutting this team down to the bare minimum of players that you will have back and that are going to be um, experienced here in the desert. So it's going to be nice to at least have a coaching staff that gets it. And you, I feel like they have the time and, and the resources right now to just basically allow them to, to work out their contract as kind of, as you had said, and like basically be able to just stay here through this little transition phase, because it really doesn't cost them anything. It just allows them to kind of be the, the one constant through um, these, this transition phase and really just uh, probably once they get to a point where it's going to be the team that they want it to be, that's probably when they'll make some larger changes. And then the other bit of news, last bit of news here from Craig Morgan, he says it's still unclear who the Coyotes will name as their goalie coach. Corey Schwab has been the team's goaltending coach since 2015, 2016. So that's something else to keep an eye out here is we're basically, I'd say what, about a month away from training camp. So I'm assuming they're going to get those things tied up here pretty soon. I mean, shout out to all the Corys. I can appreciate that. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, let's see. What else do we have Coyotes related here? We have what? One one more thing here? We have one more thing to talk about. You just, you just hinted at it, which is that ESPN did their off-season grades for teams, and the grades for the Coyotes were pretty nice, as Greg Wyshynski from ESPN.com Gave the Coyotes an A plus for their offseason so far. This is what they said. Now, this is how you tank. GM Bill Armstrong was hired in 2020. 
thanks in part to his prowess as a draft guru with the Blues, but when he arrived in Arizona, he found a roster that was nudging the cap ceiling as well as an empty cupboard of draft picks, including ones the NHL took away thanks to the previous regime's draft combine rule violations. Armstrong managed to move OEL and his onerous contract, uh, trade Kemper for a solid prospect, a first-rounder, and build a treasure trove of picks that includes five in next year's second round. So um, I feel like what uh, Wyshynski said there is something we've been saying all offseason is that Bill Armstrong and crew are, are going about this the right way, even though it stinks at the same time. But I'm glad that, at least for now, the Coyotes are are being talked about in a good light nationally, it's seemingly. Yeah, well, and it's, it's funny that you bring that up because it's definitely shown that the on-ice, quote-unquote, like activity that they're doing right now is really good. The, the moves that he's making are, are all pretty logical moves. And e- whether we like them emotionally or not, they're smart for this team and rebuilding it and for its future. And it's projected to be a pretty quick turnaround, more or less, you know, um, from the five-year one that we were on previously. But um, it's also nice to kind of have that side of it being shown out to the public, considering the fact that, you know, people don't really talk about now the problems that have been going on for a while now with the, the with the PR side of things of, you know, um, since Chica left and, and the draft picks, I feel like people kind of briefly talked about it. And but since um, Armstrong was able to procure those draft picks in, you know, that that first round draft pick and then you know, those second rounders and then the ones are into uh, the next draft season as well, that actually kind of covered that up and glazed that over, I feel like a little bit. And then you also have the issues of all the different kind of bad press that was coming out about their front office for a while. So it hasn't really looked the greatest um, for them article wise through for a series of months. And, you know, we've always said to you guys, we won't sugarcoat it. We'll always tell you the way that it is. And the fact that it really hasn't looked good for them front office wise in the paper, but it at least looks good on ice and it's nice to have that coming out on the forefront um, of everything and the ability to finally have the the Coyotes play-wise looking to be going up and that they will actually be a contender in a few years. So I think this is great from a standpoint of um, them finally doing things the correct way here in the desert rather than being an experiment. And it goes on to say that kind of you hinted at it. It's seemingly that they're not done yet, even as again, rumors surrounding Christian Dvorak and Phil Kessel are still out there. Christian Dvorak seemingly just constantly linked to the Boston Bruins after David Krejci announced his retirement. And I wonder if, if that is going to come to fruition. Cause I feel like Christian Dvorak would be like the perfect addition to the Boston Bruins. Like, if you're talking about the perfect Boston Bruin and the way they go about their business, Christian Dvorak is it to me. No, I can't disagree with you on that. And that's the hardest part of it is the fact that he he would make an amazing Bruin. And um, 
I can honestly see it going that way. It's funny when we were doing talks about like who we see as uh, taking the captaincy and all of that stuff. He wasn't even in our talks. And a lot of it is because of the fact that I just don't expect him to be here. And the fact that he's too much of a hot commodity for them to to dish out. And the fact that I just I think there's a lot of players coming through the pipeline that they feel like they can kind of replace him with in in the future and right now his um he's kind of a hot commodity and especially for um the ruins so i think if there is a really good deal to be made there um armstrong's gonna take it yeah and again we're getting close to training camp so if things are gonna happen it's gonna get spicy super quickly so uh keep an eye out for that uh one one little thing i found here Corey, before we move on and wrap up with a couple extra things here um, the Coyotes are sponsoring an exhibit at the Phoenix Zoo with a $10,000 grant through the team's foundation. Now, I don't know if you saw this story earlier in the week, but can you guess which part of the Phoenix Zoo the Coyotes are sponsoring? Is there a coyote part of the zoo? Yes, there is. Why is there a coyote part of the zoo? You can look out your window and see a coyote. I, I, that's a great question, but that's what they're doing. Um, the partnership launched in late July and is expected to run through 2022. Uh, the funding focuses on educational signage around the Coyote exhibit and general zoo support. Um, there are a pair of coyotes living in the exhibit, a male and a female. One's name is Zoltan. One is Hilda. They were orphaned as pups and adopted and raised by the zoo. The pair feeds on ground horse meat, kibbles, and assorted fruits and vegetables and mice. Now, here's some pictures. I saw there's some pictures up here. They're super adorable. Like coyotes are cute. Like they kind of they're a little scary, but also kind of cute at the same time. I I don't know. I have a really hard time. Um, I, I don't know. I have a really hard time with that because one of them, a coyote, ate my dog. So. Oh my God. I have a hard time being like, they look so cute. And, but the, I'm sure they do look pretty cute, though. I wouldn't, I wouldn't deny that. Um, and I wonder, is, is there anything wrong with them? Do they, like, rescue them or something? Yeah, they. that's what I said. Yeah, they were... Uh, oh, okay. Sorry, I missed that part. Yeah, they... Yeah, yes. Yes, they were uh, adopted when they were young. Oh, okay. That's why I was just curious why they're in, in the one place. Like, you know, if you're somewhere, I don't know, really tropical or something and there's a coyote, you know, I feel like those people would be more interested. But here I just feel like I see coyotes so often. I'm just like, why would I go to the zoo to see a coyote? But it is a very, very logical step for a marketing team to make when you are a when you are the coyotes. It, it makes total sense. It's very smart, really cute, great way to get to the children, not in a creepy way, but like to be in front of children and making new fans and whatnot and educating them. Um, I, I, and there's nothing with the fact that the coyotes are doing this that I find is weird. I find it's weird that this zoo has coyotes in the first place. Did you know that coyotes are found in 49 states? Do you know the one state that doesn't have any coyotes? Oh, shit. Okay, they are 
found in 49 states. Mm -hmm. Well, I can tell you that here in Minnesota, I have a shit ton of them because I know that Minnesota at one point was trying to get rid of all their coyotes. Um, I would, my, my guess would be Hawaii. Hey, you were right. Hey, well, it, it felt like that it wouldn't be like, I feel like they wouldn't like tropical weather and they wouldn't like being on an island that wouldn't really survive well for them. Mm-hmm. And um, I figured there's got to be, I don't know, maybe somewhere in, obviously, if it's in 49 states, somewhere in Alaska that they can survive. You'd probably you'd be, you'd be right. So there you go. So that was like your little trivia question in preparation for uh, any trivia nights we do do, and you passed. So well so, done. So you're willing to be on my trivia team? That's what I'm hearing. Yes, yes. Because yes. like if you're putting together a team for a trivia competition, it needs to be well rounded. Like you need to have kind of people who have different types of specialties, right? Like you were talking about like Scotty's movie knowledge, like. So, like, you would be good at music. Scotty would have the movies down. I would have, like, politics and and history down, right? And then, um, and I think that would be, a, I think that would be, a, make for a good team. Katarina, I'm sure she has a, a good, uh, so, something that she would be good at. Okay, Kat would have the, who the fuck would know that down? Like, the things that, like, you know... Uh, I had no idea that anyone would know that. Or the fact that, like, TV shows, we're in the middle of watching them, and she will tell me the randomest shit about a TV show because she was sitting there, like, looking people up while she was watching the show and knows, like, the, the randomest details. Probably any celebrity out there, she knows the randomest details about their life. Like, she could tell you, like, that this that this actor was hit by a bus at age three and um and now has no middle toe on his left foot like that is the randomest shit that she knows <laughs> yeah see that's why we make a good trivia team yeah she she fills in that random shit that that is is necessary that we're like who the hell would know that and then she would know it and all of her other random like random languages too she'll just start doing things in spanish and russian and whatever else as well so that'll also help i think we have a solid team here yeah exactly i agree we're gonna give it a shot at some point and now speaking of giving something shots that we haven't done before as i teased earlier in the show no i think this is a good ending point for the episode no it's It's not No, because I put it out on Twitter, so we have to talk about it. And and that that is that the challenge has been laid down by a friend of the show, Jordan, that we have to go to a haunted house with her. Now, I agreed to do it because I've never been. I, I think it'd be fun. Like, to, I, I don't know how I would react probably scared the shit out of me but i was like hey yeah uh we should go and then you could laugh at us all because she's done the haunted house thing quite a bit i was like i don't know how i would react but at least she could make fun of me in the process and she was like well 
how about this? Uh, I'll go with you if you get Corey, Scotty, and Kat to tag along too. So what do I have to do to convince you to do it? Okay, I have told people this many, many times. I don't do scared well. I I don't watch scary movies. Um, I'm not a big person on pranks. Like, scared is not one of my things I do well. Um, and it's funny because I always thought because of that reason, I would, in a fight or flight, that I would be the person that would just book it, right? I, I kind of am not. Anytime... Uh, like Scotty's ever like s- surprised me or scared me in any way, but I don't know why. But I always look go- look like I'm about to karate chop him. Like I go into like a karate stance. I don't know why. It's the weirdest thing I've ever done. But I just feel like you would have to. I don't know. I would need to be relatively intoxicated for you to get me into this haunted house because I feel I I don't know. I think. That I hate being scared so much, I would just get mad. Okay, okay, that's so. That's that's the that's what we do here. We we liquor you up in order to do it to get liquid. They call it liquid courage for a reason. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you you have me a a bunch of alcohol in. I'll consider it. I feel ballsy at that point. I, okay. It's funny because I like I'm the person that I would, you know, when someone's like, oh, we're all going to jump like off this cliff into the water, like and then, you know, everyone stands there and gets like scared. I would rather just jump so that I don't have to be scared. You know, that you just want to be over as soon as possible. Exactly. I don't. One, I, I feel like I would get angry because I, I hate being scared i like this the scariest i'm trying to think of the scariest even movie i've watched i mean i watched halloween that's not really that scary it's more funny and then i've watched um oh my gosh what is that called tell me about the lambs clarice Um, silence of the lambs silence of the lambs um but that's about the extent of my scary movie um see i just i don't i'm trying to think of the scariest thing that i've done for like i don't even like halloween like as a holiday dumb who enjoys being scared what's the point of that uh same with uh april fool's day dumb um yeah i feel like a lot of alcohol and then maybe that'll help with the fact that like I don't know how I would react in that situation, and I'm afraid I'm going to try and hit someone. Now that I've learned that my fight or flight isn't flight, it's actually fight, I'm afraid I'm going to hit someone, like, instinctually. How close do they get to you? I don't know. That's That's a good question. No idea. Never been to one, so... Because that's what, like, if I was in a situation where they get, like, really close to me i i may hit someone out of just like a reaction of someone being that close to me scaring me 
and that that would be a problem because exactly when you texted me last night and said, well, I get kicked out if I get scared and punch someone on accident. I asked Jordan and she was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure there are rules against that. <laughs> See, so that's the thing is I that's the other thing that gets me is I don't know if I'm going to accidentally hit someone. But what if you have uh, the alcohol in you that will that will change that will that will calm me all of a sudden? Yeah, like you'll still get scared, but like you'll be like a giggly scared instead. Yeah, I hope so. Because you won't really under be under like fully understand what's happening. Yeah, I need something. Maybe steal some laughing gas from a dentist. I don't know. I need something though. <laughs> Me going in there completely sober is probably not the most fun you've ever had. Because I-, I was trying to figure out like how I would react to it, and the way I described this. To Jordan last night, I was like, I feel like, like you guys know me pretty well, and like I'm pretty, like calm most of the time. It's really hard to like get any sort of elevated type of emotion out of me, what whatever that emotion may be, right? And so I have a feeling like I wouldn't scream or jump and be crazy like that. But I feel like my heart rate would be racing the entire time and I would just get super nervous because that's how what I do during horror movies most times. I don't usually get scared or jumpy or anything like that. I just get super nervous. And so like I'd probably have to have a fidget spinner with me or something in order order to get that like weird feeling out out of my body somehow is, is to... Like, I'd, I feel like I'd be super, like, tightened up and, like, clenching my fists and, like, my toes. And then that's what I would do. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually scream or, like, jump or go, what the fuck, or anything like that. But who knows until I actually do it. That's the thing is I... Well, another reason why I don't watch scary movies. I hate when people just, like, scream all the time. So it's it's good that you don't that you wouldn't be. Do you think who do you think out of the entire group would be the biggest screamer? Oh my gosh! Uh, what if I said no? No, it would be Scotty. Scotty's kind of similar to me. We're like we're both kind of even keel for the most part. Yeah, that's what like because that's what it. See, this is why it's hard for me is I'm like you guys and the fact that I'm always very on the same kind of like chill, kind of happy-go-lucky, a little bit sarcastic type of level. I either have that or I've lost my shit. Like, then that's it. So I'm just afraid that it's going to make me like lose my shit. (laughs) So your reaction would be like you talked about anger. Yes, I feel like I'm going to be pissed. I'd be like, why the fuck did you guys bring me to this place? This is shitty as hell. I feel like now, I'm going to be angry. Now, so so to answer your question, the answer is Katharina. <laughs> I I could I could see that. I uh for some reason I feel like she would get angry though too. Like she would scream and then she would like start cursing afterwards. Because I, I put this out on the Twitter and I said I had a new mission, which is to get you guys all to come with me uh, so Jordan can laugh at us. And um, Jordan replied with uh, pa- uh, 
uh, Darth Sidious, Palpatine, already brought up on this show. And uh, Katarina replied with, going to be very cool when Jordan gets to see me cry in person. Now, to which I found out now that there is a something called a chicken door, which exists. So that way you can leave if like you get overwhelmed or whatever. And uh, Jordan said, don't worry, I won't tell anybody. But when Richie needs the chicken door, I will absolutely be putting him on blast. So she has no faith in me whatsoever. I feel like you would be so determined just to get through it, though. <laughs> Even if you wanted to leave it, you would, for, for bragging rights, you would want to get through it. Yeah, exactly. You know, I do not quit anything I do. See it through the finish line. Yeah, that's what I, I think you would still finish it anyways. See, that's I, what I think. I think you'd be fine with that. Scotty, I don't know. He even went to go see Paranormal Activity and shit with his friends. Like, that was that, not me. So I feel like he would be fine. Uh, I, I feel like Kat would also be a holder. You know, the, the person in the group that grabs other people? Yes. I also feel like she's going to be a grabber. <laughs> oh, just don't make it. Don't let it be me. That's all I'm saying. No, I, f- I feel like you're going to be creepishly silent because you're going to be trying to hold your shit together the entire time. <laughs> yes, that's actually probably pretty true. Like I was just kind of saying. Like, you'll be creepishly silent. Cat will be the one that's, like, screaming and grabbing people, which is a very normal reaction to have. Like, completely normal. I think mm-hmm. that's what most people do. And then I think Scotty will scream and then get kind of, like, occasionally and then get pissed off when he actually gets scared because he's <laughs> going to think, like, oh, I, I shouldn't have gotten scared. Uh-huh. Um, and then probably be worried about me the other half of the time. Um, and then I'm a horrible person at being scared. I can on- only imagine telling you what what would occur in that situation. Whether I don't see myself breaking down into tears, though. I just don't. I don't see that. I see myself getting mad before I got sad. Yes, I I, I think that's true. So, and then Jordan would probably just be looking at all of us like, what the fuck is wrong with them? Oh, 100%. Exactly. I think that's why she wants to do it, is just to watch us all, watch us all in, in massive amounts of pain. Yeah, it's- for her own entertainment. Oh, the, uh, we have picked this apart. We figured out why she wanted to go. She's gone enough times, she's bored, and she needs new entertainment. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> So I don't think we've solved anything here, ladies and gentlemen, but I don't think I've convinced Corey 100%, but at least I'm going to, I'm going to keep prodding, prodding at it and making it, making it happen. Yeah. I'm going to need to, I don't know, Richie, start following some tipsy bartender and make me a bunch of very interesting drinks and, and see, here's the thing. I don't even... Even when I got my wisdom teeth out, my mom didn't want me to get, like, anxious before it. So she told me that I was getting my wisdom teeth out, like, the night before it happened. Right, right. 
So this is like a life thing for me. This isn't even just like a haunted house thing. So you're going to have the layers of liquor that are going to be needed to be involved. Very high. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I probably need some whiskeys in me too to do it. I, I don't think I could do it sober for goodness sake. I don't know what the rules rules are on this. I don't know if they can they can tell you no, you can't come in because if they like smell alcohol in your breath or whatever. I should probably look that up actually. <laughs> I mean, not drunk to the point like you still have to be able to function yes. in a dark place with people coming at you. So you yes. still have to be sober enough to function in that sense because if you were like absolutely gone. I don't think you can make it through because you would get like lost somewhere in there because you're super drunk. Yes, uh, exactly. Exactly. But just nice, nice. And, 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 uh, and like, there's a point there where you're just like, um, you're buzzing. Like that's where you want to be. Just buzzing. Yeah. I not, not a full, full Swifty. But like a half shrifty. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, so we're we need to wrap up here, but quickly before I go, I just want to mention the uh, Diamondbacks no hitter on Saturday night. One of the coolest things I've ever witnessed in my life. Like I, it was it's been on my bucket list pretty much my entire life, and I never thought I'd ever see it happen in person. And Tyler Gilbert. First career major league start against one of the best teams in the entire National League. And that lineup full of all-stars. And he no-hits them in front of his dad. And it was... Oh, that video where his dad was like all emotional got me... Yeah. Like that was, that was awesome. It was so cool. And like to hear that stadium get as loud as it did... At during the final out was awesome in a season that's been so terrible the worst season in the history of the Arizona Diamondbacks to have the first ever no hitter thrown at Chase Field by an Arizona Diamondback to be there for it was awesome it was incredible and I'll never forget it I'm glad I was there I, I didn't go in thinking like oh I'm here to watch the Diamondbacks play like I, I was like, oh, they're probably gonna lose, and uh, and then by the time we got to the sixth and seventh inning, I was like, holy fuck, he's throwing a no hitter. Like, there's no way in hell he's gonna do complete this and at all. And then seventh inning happens, eighth inning happens, a ball gets hit all the way out to the left field fence, and it's almost a home run, and and the ball is caught right at the fence, and it's like, and I turned to Jordan and I said. That's the play. Every no-hitter has a play that you go back and look at and say, that is the moment where you're like, that, that's when I knew that a no-hitter was going to happen. And that happened in the eighth inning. And the ninth inning comes, comes along, back-to-back strikeouts looking by Tyler Gilbert, and then the final out to center field. Uh, nice play by Cattell Marte to end it. It was, just, it was so cool. I was so happy. Like, I lost my shit at the end of the game. Like it was just awesome to be that happy about the Diamondbacks again. And I will never forget it for the rest of my life that I got, I could say I saw 
a no-hitter in person. Awesome stuff. You didn't actually say the words no-hitter during the game, did you? Yes, I did. Yeah. Richie. I tweeted is... it I tweeted it out. I that is a big no no. Big no no. You don't say that until after the no hitter has happened. You don't say no hitter. Yes, I know. This is the thing in in baseball circles, but I did it. I tweeted it out on I tweeted it out and said no hitter watch. Oh. Multiple times. Richie. Richie, Richie. And it Richie. still happened. I know, I know. The fact that you didn't jinx it is a miracle. Um, but yeah, no, it's the same thing as when I worked there. And w- then when one person would say like, oh, this game's going by pretty quickly, we would go, oh, fuck, it's going to be the longest game. And it always was. You, you When you're working the game, you always say, never say, wow, this game is going by really quickly because then it's the longest game ever. And a no-hitter, you never say that it's a no-hitter. Your weird Richie jinxness somehow didn't jinx the situation. I know. It was a miracle. The Richie jinx has been vanquished. But no, usually though, when you jinx something, it's like you make a prediction beforehand, mm-hmm. right? Like you're like one year it was, oh, the Vikings are going to the Super Bowl. Vikings did not go to the Super Bowl, people. Not even close. <laughs> so that's that's the Richie Jinx. Maybe the Richie Jinx is just against me. And, and no, that's, that's not that's not true. Because you, if you look up the hashtag on Twitter, hashtag Richie Jinx, you can go back and look at a lot of the instances of this taking place. Yeah, it exists. I'm just glad you didn't jinx it this time. And I'm glad that you got to see that in person. I'm actually pretty jealous. It was pretty, it was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. Okay. So we said we were going to do a short episode. We did not. We lied to you folks. Sorry. That's what happens when you get Corey and I on the same show. Talky, talky, talk. (laughs) And once you have to have me deeply think about me in a situation where I'm going to be scared. Exactly. So we solved nothing on this episode, ladies and gentlemen. We'll keep you updated. We have several weeks to figure this out. What what do they throw at you in these situations, right? What are what are the, what are the people are are they, are they people with like fake uh, axes and chainsaws and such? Don't know. I have no idea. It's very helpful, Richard. I'm gonna need to. Let's talk to Jordan about this. Yes, she's the expert. So if you have any questions, ask her. Right. Okay, well, I, I need to know what what I'm going to be walking into in this situation. You clearly are unprepared. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Just end, just end the, the episode. I'm... I'm now going to start looking this up. It's the 13th floor, right? The things exist here floor. for forever. Yes. yes. All right. Yep. We're going to wrap it up. Good night and good hockey, everybody.